1: down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. school myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. All
0: right, this week Weapons on The Million Dollar Plan, we talk about the reality gap. Yeah, I'm, this is what I'm into right now. I'm into this concept of Reality gap, I will explain to you what it means. There's a lot of applications of reality gap, by the way. Uh, there's like the political reality gap. There's probably your health reality gap. Today we're talking about your financial health reality gap. We'll get there in a second. Interesting story from the road. Let's do a new segment called uh, Stories from the Road. Uh, Peter on the Road, hashtag Peter on the Road. Uh, I was in Milwaukee this week, and my shuttle driver, uh, from free free shuttle, y'all. Free, my shuttle driver from the airport to my hotel was an elderly gentleman to start talking to him. And he said, where are you from? I said, Indianapolis. And he said, nap you know, as you're supposed to say. And he talks about watching basketball games back in the day in the Dust Bowl, which is, uh, if you don't know, the Dust Bowl is an outdoor basketball arena, if you will, in the inner city of Indianapolis. Some of the greatest basketball ever to be played, street basketball, happened there. And he starts talking to me and he's like, you know, I got a nephew that played and he says the nephew's name. Hey, everybody, guess what? this guy's nephew, was on my basketball team. I reached into my pocket, grabbed my phone. Once he stopped the shuttle, because I didn't want to interfere with his driving, I pulled out a picture of his nephew and I standing next to each other. How about that for a small world? Tales from the road. All right, so here's what we're doing this week. Uh, Think of your financial life uh, as it relates to uh, stability and security and how you think you're doing uh, in two different ways here. Number one, there's how you feel you're doing, just a feeling, self-evaluation, and you can base that on whatever you want. I feel good because of my income, or I feel good because of the money I have saved for retirement, whatever, don't really care. Uh, So there's that feeling. And then there's how you're actually doing, right? And because because you evaluated yourself one way, that doesn't necessarily mean that's how you're doing, right? If you say, well, I feel like we're doing pretty good. Well, you need an objective measure to say whether you really are doing good or not. And the difference between how you think you're doing and you're really doing, that's the reality gap. So that's what we're talking about today. There are four potential outcomes. And in each segment of uh, our show today, we are going to uh, dive deep into that type of outcome. So uh, close your eyes right now, unless you're driving. Or, or operating heavy machinery, close your eyes or don't close your, whatever. Here, imagine this. Uh, we're gonna draw an, a, a cross, okay? We're gonna, it's like a scatter plot graph is really what we're drawing. And there'll be four boxes on that, that cross, right? Left, right on the top and left, right on the bottom. Uh, the vertical line of the cross is going to be where you evaluate how you feel about your financial life, right? So if you feel good, You would uh, move north of uh, whatever the, I I should know these statistical terms, whatever the the apex, is that what we're going with? Go north of that if you feel good about your financial life. If you feel bad, go south uh, of the cross there at the bottom, okay? And you go down that vertical line. And then horizontally will be uh, how you really are doing. To the left will be you're not doing well. And to the right will be you're doing well. Okay, so uh, box number four, as I like to call it, that's when you feel like you're doing a good job financially by whatever measure you choose to evaluate that on. But it turns out you're actually doing a bad job by an objective measure, such as power percentage. I like power percentage in this uh, environment, right? I think it's a good objective measure of how you're currently doing financially. So uh, here's what happens though. Here, here's the characteristics of a person who feels like they're doing a good job, but when it really gets down to it, they aren't think of it this way. I think I'm an amazing wedding dancer. Oh, that's right. At a wedding, I can dance, but here's the problem. According to my wife and according to my two children, turns out I was a good wedding dancer, circa 1998 time has passed. I am no longer a good wedding dancer. Yet in my heart of hearts, which is just my heart, is there a heart of hearts? I think there's just one heart and in my heart, I feel like I'm a good dancer, but I'm not. Okay. So let's describe the characteristics of a person that thinks they're good at something that is not. Here's some characteristics that come to mind. Denial. Am I in denial about my ability to dance at weddings? A little bit, because I think back to a time when everything was in control and I felt cool. and It was 1998 and my dance moves were current to the time. Now, I haven't gotten to old guy dance moves yet. You know, at some point you cross over to old guy dance moves. I'm not there yet. I, I'm, my dance moves are just a little arcane, okay? So I'm a little bit in denial. Another characteristic, ignorance. Am I ignorant to the fact that there are people who dance so much better than I do at weddings now? And our dancing looks very different. That's ignorance. Now, as we relate this back to finances, because this is not a, uh, a uh, dance show. But can you imagine a dance radio show? All right, let's do a dance radio show for a second, okay? Uh, if you're not watching on PeteThePlanner.tv, uh, if you're listening on the podcast on the radio show, uh, this is going to be a really fun moment. Okay, so this is Pete The Planner's dance radio. That, how that? How was that? See, it doesn't even make sense. All right. So uh, as it relates to money, uh, if you if you feel like you're doing well <clears throat> because you're measuring yourself on, on a, with a wrong metric, then that that is a level of ignorance, which then crosses over into the third characteristic I want to cover, which is delusion. Right. And this one gets a little scary. If you think you're doing well due to delusion, or you think you're a good dancer and You're suffering from delusion. That's a big problem, right? So as we go through these different boxes today, we're going to hit, we're going to hit four, right? We're going to hit people who think they're doing a good job, who are not. People who think they're doing a bad job, and they are doing a bad job. People who think they're doing a bad job, but are doing a good job. And people who are doing a good job and think they're doing a good job. Those are the four boxes. And this first one here, look at the characteristics, denial, ignorance, and delusion. That's people who think they're doing well that are not. These are people lying to themselves. These are people hiding tough truths from themselves. Uh, th- this is also the same reason I don't frequent frequent a bathroom scale because I really don't want to know. I wonder, from a fitness perspective, this is a uh, um, this is happening in the moment as we broadcast here. I'm trying to think where I am on this scatter plot, when it comes to how I feel about my fitness and how my fitness is. You know what? I'm going to have to go with the thing we're talking about in the next segment is box three, where I'm actually, my health is not exactly where I want it to be. And it, it's not where it should be. Right. Right. So uh, I'm terrified by box four for people in their financial lives, because what you have is you get this level of complacency, right? You think you're doing fine, but you really aren't. And it comes in a lot of forms. Even people that say, "Well, <clears throat> I hit the match, my four hundred one k," so we're we're doing fine. And see, I can't figure out if that's denial, ignorance, or delusion. I'm going to go with a little bit of ignorance there. Generally speaking, hitting your match uh, when you're in your thirties, forties, or fifties doesn't matter. I mean, it's not going to lead to a good outcome if you're basing your financial health on it's going well by that you're hitting the match and you don't have any debt. You're 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 either ignorant, or you're in denial because you're not doing well. That's why I like the power percentage metric. If uh, if you want to read more about that, because we're not going to go deep into power percentage today, go to PeteThePlanner. dot com slash power percentage, and uh, you have to put a hyphen between power and percentage. I don't know. I could probably get both. You know, we probably will. Nicole, make a note. We need to also we need to get dot com slash power hyphen percentage and PeteThePlanner. dot com slash Power percentage, all one word. Can we We'll make a note of that? Is that good for you? Yeah, we can do that. Excellent. <laughs> Nicole. She's the best. All right. So uh, coming up after the break, here's what we're going to do. We're going to explore the next box of the reality gap matrix. It is people who think they're doing poorly and are doing poorly. What are those characteristics? The reason we're exploring all of this today is a couple of reasons. Number one, I just want you to be realistic with yourself. Number two... Uh, it says a lot about a person. If you can define how they feel versus what they're doing with their money, it can say a lot about them professionally, which no one really wants to hear that by the way. When I work with HR and wellness uh, departments from companies across the country and we talk about, okay, this group of people thinks they're doing well, but they're not. What are their characteristics? Well, they're in denial. They suffer from ignorance and delusion. Are those people you want to work with? I mean, think about this. It's not like uh, you, you know, you've got your financial life, and you go to work, and you check your worries and stress and reality at the door. You don't do that. You are who you are. If if, if within your financial life you suffer from a denial, ignorance, and delusion, what what do you think you're going to suffer from in work, and relationships, and your spiritual life, and your nutrition, all these other things, right? For a long time, I was under the delusion that I was healthier than I am now. I've come to the realization that I'm not as healthy as I once thought I was, right? I don't have anything that I know of internally. I'm just a chunky Midwesterner, right? I'm working on it, though. I walked to work this morning. so I'm feeling pretty good. wearing shorts, though, but you can't see because I have a desk. All right, coming up after the break, or it's radio. Uh, Coming up after the break, uh, we're going to talk about box three, people who are doing poorly and know it. That's next on The Million Dollar Plan. I'm Pete the Planner.
1: Stop what you're doing! Let him, let him, and hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner. Hey hey, uh-huh. yeah. uh-huh. good to me. Um, uh, I never question the right of any man. The voice, his opinion is strong like as stronger as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending it, camouflaged by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Revenge the camp again, put down the stamp again, talk to my fans again, renew my brand again, review the plan again. The quick
0: scan All again. right, back here on the allergy version of the uh, million dollar plan. Man, that Cottonwood. I don't know where you live in the country. If you're listening on radio, you, you live within the radius of the tower, but uh, there's Cottonwood where I live. Just flying through the air like you're in a cotton candy, cotton candy factory, except it's not delicious candy. It's choke yourself cotton candy, uh, and that is the cottonwood that is in my life right now. Too much information. All right, uh, this week we're dealing with Reality Gap. Reality Gap Radio. It's better than dance radio. If you missed the first uh, segment of the show, we did uh, Pete the Planner's Dance Radio, which turns out a dance show on radio doesn't work real well. We're dealing with this idea of how are you doing financially uh, based on your self-evaluation versus how are you really doing financially with an objective evaluation? We like to use power percentage. If you want to calculate your power percentage, go to ptheplanter.com slash power percentage. uh, And you can calculate it and figure out uh, it is a measure of how efficient you are with your income. And then in terms of self-evaluating, just do this. (laughs) We'll do a little role play, a little role play for you. Uh, first, uh, I, I'm actor A and then I'm also actor B. I'm playing both roles. This is like, uh, uh, you know, meet the clumps or whatever. I'm playing all the roles. I uh, like the Tracy Ullman show. Here we go. Uh, actor one, uh, how are you doing financially? Oh, I feel pretty good. That's okay. And scene, that's how you self-evaluate financially. It's that easy, right? Your, your choice is just your, 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 your struggle. is just not to lie to yourself, right? How am I doing? Eh, I'm doing good. Okay, you just said you're doing good. Now let's really see. Okay, so we're going through this grid. Last segment, we dealt with the idea of are you doing poorly? Or you, do you think you're doing well, but you're really doing poorly? This segment, we're talking about uh, feeling like you're doing poorly. And guess what? You're right. You are. So think, think about this. This is where I'm health-wise. So we're going gonna to try to unravel this from my own health issues here. Uh, again, I don't have health issues as much as fitness issues, right? the uh, like fitness pizza in my mouth (laughs) right sorry uh defeated despondent and resigned are the characteristics that describe people who know they're doing poorly right who are doing poorly and know they're doing poorly defeated despondent resigned now when you measure your financial life with the wrong metrics savings debt income credit score which is the worst if you measure your financial health on those metrics and you say they're bad and I know it, there's frankly not a lot you can do to fix your financial life, right? Think about this. Let's say to you, <clears throat> a healthy financial life is someone that makes X amount of dollars and you make X minus whatever, X minus Y, I guess. You make less. And I say, well, how's it going? You say it's bad. And I say, how can you fix do fixing? like, I can't. I can't make more money. It's a pointless situation. It's a silly, silly way to measure it. Or let's say you, you wish you had $2,000 to your name and you don't. And I say, well, how do you fix it? You say, I can't, I've also got so much debt, I'll never be able to fix it. That's where this defeated, despondent, resigned things uh, comes into play. If you're struggling financially and you know it, change metrics, man. Focus on power percentage. Power percentage says how much of your income is going to move you forward on a monthly basis. Like if you've got $38,000 in credit card debt and you and you just think about it all the time and you can't sleep and your relationships and your work suffers from it, I understand. That's awful. It's an awful feeling. But you can't just say, well, we're messed up. We're screwed. Nothing's going to change it. You can't do that. Right? You can. <laughs> oh, by the way, you can. People do it all the time. It's just no way to live. Who wants to do that? Well, looks like we're in trouble. Uh, so let's go back to my health for a second. I'm overweight uh, by, by any standard, really. People will watch this or, or, or hear this and they've seen pictures of me, they're seeing me on TV and they'll say, "Oh, you're not overweight. No, I am. That's, that's the issue. Is at some point in time, let's say I was in this shape 35 years ago. Right. I, let's say I existed as a 39-year-old man 35 years ago as opposed to a four-year-old child, and I looked like this, I would be overweight. And the standards of what is acceptable is the only thing that has changed. So people look at me like, well, you don't look too bad. You're fine. No, I'm not. The same as can be said with our financial lives. I only have $7,000 in credit card debt. 35 years ago, that's awful. And it's still awful, Right. That's the thing just because the acceptance or tolerance for silliness has changed, doesn't mean the reality has changed. So I got some choices with my health and you've got some choices with your money. If we know we're doing poorly and we are doing poorly, what are our choices? We can just be defeated. We can be despondent or we can behave differently, right? We're not accepting our fate because this is not our fate. I don't wear a Fitbit just so you think I I care about my health. I wear a Fitbit to track my behavior. Sure, sometimes I don't even charge it. So technically, it's just a bracelet, right? But why did I walk to work this morning? It was a conscious decision. Why did I not grab a beer at the Detroit airport when I had barely enough time to grab a beer between flights last night after an incredibly long day? Number one, that seems like a really desperate alcoholic thing to do. But number two, I could have. I was at the Delta Sky Club, free beer, just grab it. I could have, but I didn't because I'm trying to make better decisions. I'm trying to behave better. And if you're struggling financially, hang on to your behavior. Like that's all you got. If you're tens of thousands of dollars in debt, all you have is your behavior and your ability to change it from a month to month basis. You can't change your current reality of being tens of thousands of dollars in debt. But when you hear the commercials on the radio and TV, like, do you have $35,000 of that? Call us. And don't do that. Don't call them. And I'm not competing against them. I don't care about them. I don't have nothing to sell you. I'm just saying it's your behavior that that's going to get you out of that jam. You know someone <clears throat> who's lost, I don't know, 60, 80, 100 pounds. Like, we all know someone who's changed their life completely. I got a friend named Melanie. I don't know how much she's lost. Probably 60-something. I don't know. I don't even know. I don't want to guess how much weight women have lost, right? But she's lost a tremendous amount of weight. Changed her life. Changed her life. She didn't do it in a month. She didn't do it in two months. Didn't do it in three months. But every day, she made a good decision. Every day, her behavior changed. That's all we're asking. Every day of my job, I have, I have the great privilege of receiving emails from people that usually say things like, you're an idiot. But sometimes, sometimes... I get ones that say, you know, I just wanted to share with you. My financial life changed forever. We did that. We did this. We did that. You know what? I have one in my email email box right now. I'll see if I can pull it up. I received this one uh, midair yesterday from Milwaukee to Detroit. And I started to try to read it. And let's see if we can pull it up. A guy named, that's definitely not it. (laughs) That was was, uh, uh, not it. All right, so let's see if we can find it here. This is always good radio. Guy searching email on road. It makes for a good radio. Oh, man, that's definitely not it either. Okay, so we're not going to do this. <laughs> Here's the point. Guy, g- g- guy uh, listened to the show a while ago. He just started to start tackling his debt. And at first it stinks. Of course it stinks. It's like you start exercising for the first time. You're like, well, I'm 60 pounds overweight. I, I tried to walk a mile and I can't move for two days. Yeah, what do you think going to happen? You think you're Usain Bolt the first day you go for a jog? Your financial life, in order to make it better, will have to get worse. Why? Well, in order to create margin, not margarine, we're not back to fitness. In order to create margin, we need to make sure that we reduce spending. And when you reduce spending, stress goes up. I know because spending money actually relieves stress. This is all a conspiracy from above. To relieve stress, all you have to do is spend money. Isn't that crazy? It's like drug. To feel better, take this pill. To feel better, you can spend money. Dopamine, dope, is released when you spend money and it de-stresses you. It's euphoric, it makes you feel better. And that is the nasty reality of what it is to struggle financially. Because when you know you're doing poorly, and you are doing poorly, you can do silly things to feel better, like make it worse. You can spend more. But to fix it, you actually have to make your situation harder. You have to dive deeper into trouble stress-wise because you have to spend less. You have to quit spending money to get pleasure, and you have to start saving and making better decisions for satisfaction. And when you do that, and your behavior starts to improve, two things happen. Number one, your life starts to get objectively better and you start to feel better once you hit that, once you get over that initial roadblock of feeling worse. That's the challenge. So let's go through these characteristics and and you tell me, is this a person you would want to be your coworker? Someone who's defeated, uh, defeated, despondent, and resigned. Is that someone who you want to work with? Is that someone you want to be in a foxhole with? Someone that you want to depend on in the workplace? Is that what you want your spouse to be? Is this what you want your children to be? Are these characteristics that you want in a person? No. And we're not saying to heck with these people. How about that for a Midwestern profanity change? We're not saying to heck with these people. What we're saying is... uh, If people remain there, if people know they're doing poorly and they do nothing about it, you don't want anything to do with them. That's not to say you don't try to help. It's not to say that they aren't good people. It's to say no one wants to be around someone who's defeated, despondent, and resigned. You just don't. That's the point of this segment is not only to help you personally through this, but get you to understand that as we depend on people in our lives and professionally and personally, you don't want this right That's why we want people to make better decisions. Do you think my wife and you don't know my wife uh, do you think she wants me from a health perspective this is this woman is a marathoner who places high in marathons okay do you think she wants her her doughy husband to be doughy? do you think she wants me to be defeated, despondent, and resigned to doughiness? no that's why on Memorial Day she said something to me to the effect of hey, I made time in case you wanted to work out today. Yeah, sure. That's very passive aggressive. She's a terrible person. No, she's a great person. She's trying to hold me accountable to that. Right? So if you've got someone in your life that's doing poorly and they know it, make sure they're not defeated, despondent, and resigned. And if it's you, let's go. Let's just start changing behavior. All right, next segment of the show after the break, we're going to talk about box number two. People who are feeling terrible about their financial life but shouldn't. That's next on The Million Dollar Plan. I'm Beat the Planner.
1: Axe Hand on the beat. Yes, sir. Glass House. Yes, sir. Mr. Kinetic, Rusty Redenbacher. ATFU. Naptown. Cashing in like the end of the game at the casino. I lean so the glare of the rear view don't hit me. Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards, old soul, playing on my speakers. Old soul, but young in age, a boss player. Not from the Himalayas, but my fam gave me Gary Indiana game. Grew up around the country, but the mindset was there. Ain't I won't complain about a damn thing on this beat? slapping glass house keep it with the jams drums clapping
0: this is the when all right back on the million dollar plan i am pete the planner drinking some coffee here this morning trying to wake up my voice is both tired and uh, allergy ridden and you don't care um oh hey if you're watching on pete you see a new piece to the collection here i'm going to grab it from the shelf you should watch on pete the it's a beer bottle <laughs> I look like I just have empty beer bottles on my shelf, but it's my good friends at Central State Brewing, who also own the Coal Ship over at 25th and Delaware. It's a craft beer bar. Uh, they they released a tribute beer to me. The uh, it's called Frugal Ginger. It's delicious. It's a bourbon barrel aged uh, farmhouse red ale. They they aged it for 12 months and then finish it with ginger. So uh, Frugal Ginger. I don't know if they have any left. It was a limited release, so maybe check that out. The coal ship anything you can get it some crown liquor stores too is that a commercial anyway reality gap that's what we're talking about today how you feel about your financial life versus how your financial life really is the first couple segments here's what we did uh we dealt with people who feel like they're doing great who are not we dealt with people who feel like they're doing poorly and they are doing poorly and now we're dealing with what we call box two around these parts uh and that it by the way i gotta interrupt myself um I, in Milwaukee the, yeah, the other day, I, I was uh, doing this workshop, and this guy said, you know, where I'm from, we you know, do this with our credit card every month. And I was like, what a weird way to say, like, where he's from. Like, is there a group of people it, it, geographically that do something one particular way? He was trying to just, like, deflect the idea that that's what he does. So he said basically everyone in his town does it that way. But I just never heard anything like that. And now I'm off track. But you've listened to the show before, so you know to expect it. Uh, Box two. These are people who are feeling like they're doing not well, but they are. But they are. Okay, so there's two reasons this happens. Two reasons this happens. Number one, financial stress stinks, but it doesn't mean you're doing things wrong. Right? At the beginning of change, stress is present. Benny. So we're we're, we're kind of working in parallels today. We're talking about your financial life and we're talking about my fitness level, right? Uh, In order for me to get more physically fit, in order for me to drop a few LBs, the stress is going to have to pick up, right? I'm going to have to wake up earlier to make time to work out. I'm going to have to say no to foods I like to eat and no to drinks I like to drink. And that in itself, although it's not the end of the world, it's stressful. In order for you to change financially, you're going to have to say no to purchases you want to make and no to experiences you want to experience. That is stressful. That's why you haven't done it. Because if you're stressed now, because things aren't going the way you want, do you really want to get more stressed? No, that's why you didn't change. But the issue is this, when that change is occurring, and things are still bad, but you're behaving correctly you're on the path now you're not perfect but you're on the path your behavior is consistent financially physically whatever we're even talking about here you're doing it right but you're still feeling bad it's still hard it crosses over at some point the feeling good and your behavior is also good so you're good but 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 at the beginning no you still feel bad despite the fact that your behavior is good and you're objectively doing good That happens all the time. Uh, I may have mentioned this a couple weeks ago. I was in Phoenix talking to a lady about a month ago, I guess. uh, And her power percentage was north of 40%, which you can get your power percentage at petetheplanner.com slash power percentage. Her power percentage was north of 40%, which is phenomenal. It's really good. Anything north of 35% is great. She was north of 40%. She said she's just been beside herself stressed freaking out. She's got a lot of law school debt, right? She's a, she is a, uh, I don't know, she's an attorney. She has a law degree. I don't know what she is. She's a law degree. Uh, so she's got all this debt. She's trying to pay it off aggressively and it's just, it's upsetting her, right? Sometimes you don't think I go to grad school and then I'm going to be saddled with all this debt and you know, who knows what your income is doing, but a great deal of her household income is going to pay off this debt and it's really stressful, right? And she's like, I'm on the verge of giving up. She ran her power percentage. It was phenomenal. It's a perfect example of someone who is doing good, but feels awful. Now, once you match up that you're actually doing good, once she found out that she's really doing the right thing objectively with an objective measure like power percentage, her attitude changed completely. Because for people that are doing well that don't feel like they're doing well, listen to these characteristics. Anxious nervous lacks confidence d- d- you know who i'm talking about might be you might be someone you know like is is that what you want to be doing well but to be nervous the whole time now there are nervous Nellies. like there just are there are people that no matter how good they're doing they're nervous we all know those people too and i'm not necessarily talking about those people right now although they do apply to this box of the reality gap right there are people who are doing fine but it's just always going to be nervous about it. Always doubting themselves. Perfectionists. uh, I here's the funny thing about perfectionists. One of my favorite things is hearing someone who's clearly not a perfectionist claim to be perfectionist. Oh, I'm just a perfectionist. Really? You're a perfectionist. No, you're not. It's like when people like I'm type A. No, you're not. You get up at 10 AM. You're not type A. Right? So primarily in this box though, we deal with people who are on a comeback right? They're, they're on the comeback trail to, to financial stability, or maybe getting there for the first time, and the journey is stressful. At some point, it passes over into gratifying, and that's great, and then you end up feeling confident, and uh, y- your, your stuff is together. But So anxious, nervous, and lacks confidence. Those are people that are doing well, but they don't feel like they're doing well. In the final box, and we're going to do that this segment, the group one, People who feel like they're doing well. And guess what? They are by an objective measure. And that objective measure, again, being power percentage. Listen to these characteristics. Confident. Oh, calm. Namaste. Uh, calculated. Not in the negative sense. Confident, calm, and calculated. Okay, so let's go through the 12 characteristics that we've just dealt with on the show today. If you are feeling good about your life, but it, it, it financially, but you shouldn't because it's terrible... Uh, You're in denial. You suffer from ignorance and delusion. (laughs) That's fun. How about if you're actually doing poorly and you feel like you're doing poorly? Defeated, despondent, resigned. How about if you feel like you're doing poorly, but you're doing well? You actually are doing well by an objective measure. Anxious, nervousness, lacks confidence. (laughs) And then finally, if we can get you there with behavior. Behavior is how we do it. Don't think, well, I don't have $50,000 in savings, so I can't be considered to be good financially. Wrong, pal or palette. What's the... Fee- Nicole, do you happen to know the female equivalent of pal? Is it gal? I would go with gal. I kind of like palette, though. That's fun. But a palette's like what you ship things on. Yeah, I guess we could go with gal. I mean, that's kind of the equivalent of a pal. It Everything. rhymes. Yay. It does rhyme. Yeah, there we go. That's what it All is. All right, thank you. So... Uh, Listen, gal, But that seems kind of... Come back. It seems condescending for me to call someone a gal like that, no? I don't know. I kind of like gal. I mean, if you're friends or if you're just having a conversation with someone, I feel like gal can go either way, you know? Sure. All right. Well, good enough. All right, pal or gal, listen. We want you to be confident. We want you to be calm. We want you to be calculated. That's the whole point of this exercise. Whether we're talking about your money, whether we're talking about your fitness. In 2007... I was in about the same shape I am now. I really was. Uh, Believe it or not, I I played a little bit of college football. I did. But then when I got out, I got got out of shape, right? And then I became confident and calm and calculated after feeling anxious, nervous, and and lacked confidence over a six-month period as I regained my fitness. Lost over 40 pounds. It's probably time to do that again. I talk about this primarily because I just need the accountability, and if I'm going to talk to you about trying to turn your financial life around, it's kind of hard to do while I have a sandwich hanging out of my mouth. I saw a quote the other day. It said, uh, it was like Thoreau or something like that. Who was it? No one cares. Uh, it said something to the effect of, uh, you are what you think about all day long. And I'm like, I'm a sandwich. I'm a sandwich. You are what you think about all day long? I'm a sandwich. I'm a Cuban. I'm a Reuben. Any of the Ubins, I'm. I, that's what I am. I love sandwiches. A hamburger is a sandwich, but you don't, you know, then you start sounding like you're on Goodwill hunting. You call something a burger sandwich. And a hot dog definitely is not a sandwich. Uh, now I'm thinking about sandwiches. I'm a sandwich. All right, coming up after the break. Oh, if you want to learn more about this, my USA Today column actually is about this this week. You can also find it in Indie Star and any other Gannett papers. The reality gap, I can't coin the phrase. I, I think I stole it, actually. Uh, so check it out. Go to pizzaplaner.com or just Google stuff. Don't Google stuff. Like, Buam is next. I'm Pete the Planner. This is Million Dollar Plan.
1: Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from. And look out for the lumberjacks running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. This lay's great errors to rest. Let me remain calm until it all calms down.
0: Enjoying everything All right, uh, wrapping up this week's uh, million-dollar plan. repeat the Planner. Uh, instead of Boam this week, I'm going to do Boat biggest waste of text okay I have a story I wish I could really tell you the details you're probably gonna be able to figure it out I have a friend who uh, texted one of his friends who's a, a, an IndyCar driver and the IndyCar driver had an interesting day at the Indy 500 and my friend who's a chef uh, yeah, sent the guy the, the race car driver a text and the the, the, the idea of the text was uh, you know people have always said that chefs are pretty dangerous But race car drivers are dangerous, too. Like, he he sent this text to a race car driver after the Indy 500. You know, people say, and he was serious. People People say chefs are dangerous, but Indy car drivers are dangerous, too, because he knows the guy. We all know the guy. But that's crazy, right? So we've been mocking my friend nonstop since that text was sent because that's honestly the biggest waste of text of the week. For a, for a chef to send a, a race car driver a Texas says, people say chefs are dangerous. And it, there was no hint of irony or joke or, or, or sarcasm or anything. People say chefs are dangerous. It turns out race car drivers are dangerous too. <laughs> what are you doing? That's my show this week. Uh, if you want to learn more, go to PeteThePlanner.com. You can probably guess the story I just told if you know me on any level, and it is hilarious. I can't stop laughing about it. That's it. That's all I got. Uh, I'm Pete the Planner. Uh, I'm reminding you, as always, I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are if all wanna the If you want to be on this, this podcast and have Pete fix your money like, then hit us up at com slash
1: podcast. You heard me. com slash podcast. Log L- on.
0: This is for... Information purposes only. This is not the Swiss official planning the flies. Consult a Vangel divisor.
1: This is where I came from. Planet Love Tribe, where we drop love bombs, funk missiles, and live in soul shelters. No help to skelter. Don't swelter because everybody stays cool. Left many moons ago to bring the philosophies of my ancestors to another place, God. Picked the third rock, gave me to my earth family and told me to create. And so I am. Pin in my hand, microphone all the stand over vinyl. I command and demand. Magnificence in an instance, I can make you dance, cry or love, fly as a dove. Release from Everest. The fresh is fresh. And you can call me E.T. Word to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh. Salutations, I bring you love, try and From a far away land, I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone. So enjoy yourself. Love try can restore your health i bring you greetings uh, salutations how you doing and is that how y'all say it the tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little little star i sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound that travel to my other world out of this world spaceship on my arm
0: It's the power percentage edition of the Million Dollar Plan today, episode 120. Uh, so if you missed any part of the show, go to PeteThePlanner.com and download the podcast. Uh, you don't want to miss this. So if you're listening on the radio, go to PeteThePlanner.com and download the podcast, and you can hear this show in its entirety. If you're listening on the podcast and you want to know how to listen to the podcast, uh, you're, you're just confused, dude. You're just really confused. This week's biggest waste of money of the week. The boam is I'm pulling it up. I installed all for a second is Ooh, I have two things. Cause I couldn't decide. I couldn't decide. So there's two things. Um, all right. The first is called the craft house cocktail smoke box. While you're likely familiar with how well meat responds to the smoking process, you might not be as well versed in the world of infusing cocktails with a savory smoke flavor. This craft house cocktail smoke box will give you that ability, taking your mixology skills to the next level. The great looking piece of barware features a stainless steel frame with glass sides and a walnut base, a smoking gun, two trial size wood chip flavors, and recipes to help get you started. How much does it cost to put your cocktail in a box and blow smoke on it? 200 bucks. Okay, so I've had a smoked cocktail before because I'm obnoxious. My friend Neilio made me one. It was good, you know? It was fine. Is it worth me paying $200 to occasionally smoke a cocktail? No. It's not worth your money either. I mean, go, you go to a bar, and if they have a smoked cocktail, have at it. Um, I don't know. This next item uh, for biggest waste of money of the week, I have yet to decide if it's a waste of money or good use of money. It's called the chip smart cookie oven. No matter how good they are store bought cookies just can't compare to homemade. That's true. Unless you bought homemade cookies from the store. The chip smart cookie oven lets you easily bake your own in 10 minutes or less. It uses a high efficient carbon fiber heating element combined with a convection system to heat up instantly and ensure consistent airflow using a companion app you scan the barcode off a pack of specially made dough pods drop the dough in and the oven does the rest automatically adjusting the temperature and cooling down at just the right time to guarantee perfectly baked cookies every time pre-order it's a kickstarter for a hundred bucks okay so i'm gonna go with waste of money here you've got an oven you get a toaster oven like i don't think you need an app on your smartphone to make chocolate chip cookies this is the classic example of solving problems that don't exist can you make cookies in less than yeah you can make cookies in less than 10 minutes you know what you do you put them in your oven and you don't need specially made dough pods that i have to scan a barcode this is like a rube goldberg like it's just just like what's the hardest way can we can make cookies and try to convince people that's actually efficient I don't, did I just start raging over cookies? It happens from time to time. So I would be remiss if I did not weigh in, in some degree, on the election. Uh, now, I'm not going to get political, so don't worry. Don't turn this off. I know you've heard enough about the election. But I, I want to just make some very uh, elementary observations from a financial perspective. Okay? Here's what I know so far. Upon the election of uh, President-elect Donald Trump... Uh, here's what happened to different sectors of uh, the market. Bank stocks skyrocketed, and if you want to know why, it's because we're likely to be entering a period of deregulation, which means. And I'm gonna I'm gonna oversimplify it to the detriment of everyone here. But w- when deregulation happens, it becomes a bit of a free for all. And I know that I'm I'm spinning it in a negative way, and I'm just again I told you I'm oversimplifying it to the detriment of all of us. But when deregulation happens, then banks are free to, uh, let's call it, be creative to make profits. You can go whatever direction you want with that. Now, leading up to election night, uh, gun stocks, gun manufacturers, uh, Smith and & Wesson and a few others, were really doing well because any time, uh, in recent time, I should say, if Hillary Clinton were to be elected, if she were elected uh, president, then what would happen is that people would be fearful that their firearms would be taken away, justified or otherwise. And so gun stocks would fly up because people would buy a bunch of guns until the uh, this hypothetical legislation went into process. Now, here's the issue. Hillary Clinton obviously was not elected, so gun stock got punched in the teeth on Wednesday, big time. Private prison companies skyrocketed uh, because of the feeling that there will not be a lot of criminal justice reform. And so private pensions, which had, um, sort of fallen out of favor as our country looked at different ways to deal with, uh, that particular part of the population. Well, uh, it looks like deregulation may be able to hit that industry as well. So mass incarceration seems like it's gonna stay and continue. So that's a, I don't man, that's awkward to talk about. Again, not political. It's just fact. Okay. So what else is going on with the election of uh, President Trump? You may see a lot of financial regulations go down. There's, there's talk that something called the Department of Labor fiduciary rule, which is supposed to go into effect next year, may not, in fact, go into effect. Uh, There's a lot of chatter that it could fall apart. And, um, Dodd-Frank legislation could fall apart. So um, there is going to be an economic impact so far. um, I don't want to say so far so good, but I would say the market has favorably welcomed uh, a Trump presidency. But just stay tuned to different sectors and how they're affected. There are a lot of people that feel like uh, infrastructure stocks, stocks that help us uh, invest in infrastructure because President Trump... President-elect Trump says that he is going to invest in the highways and roads and all those sorts of things. So maybe those are good places to invest. Consult your financial advisor. And that's all I'm going to say about that. All right. Be good to each other. Um, we're going we're to do this, all of us together. Uh, pay attention to your power percentage. If you miss the show, find it on uh, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe you get your podcast at the store, which would be a weird business model, kind of like a cookie oven with an app. All right. That's all I got. I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in my budget. I'm Pete, the planner. This is a million dollar plan.